Welcome to 5 Minutes of Courage with Maggie Arndt. This podcast focuses on God's Word, the Bible, and how much God loves you. Our goal is to show you throughout Scripture how loved and valued you are by the God of the universe. 5 Minutes is all you need to be filled with hope, joy, purpose, and yes, courage. Now here's your host, Maggie Arndt. Hey everybody, welcome back to 5 Minutes of Courage with me, Maggie. Today we find ourselves in the 21st and final chapter of the Gospel of John. So that means if you started with me way back in January, we started with John chapter 1, and we've come for it 21 weeks at least. I can't remember if we missed a week in there. I know, I feel like we did when I spilled coffee on my laptop, but we have been at this for at least 21 weeks. So congratulations to you if you've been here the whole time. That is amazing. You know I like hearing from you. So you say, I've been here with you. The The next thing I would love to promote is that I have decided what we are going to be studying, studying next. And next Monday, I will give you a little sneak preview. I'll try to make it fun of what I have in mind for our next study. So I hope that you'll decide to to keep with me. I feel like we've had a pretty fun and amazing adventure. Maybe you learned a few new things about the Gospel of John in the last 21-ish weeks. So today we are picking up in what's called the epilogue, and it says Jesus appears to seven disciples. So I'm starting with verse one in the 21st chapter. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. Now, remember, he has appeared to them before. He appeared to them in the upper room, and then he appeared eight days later, which is when Doubting Thomas got to feel the the holes in his hands and feet. Okay, so this is, again, beside the Sea of Galilee, and this is how it happened. Verse 2, several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin. Remember, he looked a lot like Jesus, and so that's why they called him that. Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, there were two of them, and two other disciples. Now, the sons of Zebedee were James and John, sometimes known as Big James, so not the brother of Jesus, different guy, and then John, who is the author of this gospel, and two other disciples. Now, if you're the two other disciples, you're pretty bummed out because this was your shot to get your name in the New Testament and you were not called by name. I don't know why John did that, but I just, I find that really interesting and I'd be a little, a little disappointing, disappointed. Verse three, Simon Peter says, I'm going fishing. Welcome to, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Now, if you remember from before, Simon Peter and the sons of Zebedee and Simon Peter's brother, Andrew, were all fishermen actually, which is kind of where they met Jesus in the first place, way, way, way back at the beginning of the story. And after this has all happened, Jesus has been crucified. He died. He was buried. He's now back. Simon's going to go back to what he knows. He knows fishing. This has been a really interesting three-year mission with Jesus, but now it appears to him that it's over. So what's he going to do? He's going to go back to what he knows, fishing. Let's keep reading. Verse four, at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out fellows, or in another translation, children, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Hmm. Let's stop again, because have you ever noticed when you do something new, but then you try to go back to who you were, often it doesn't work. Maybe you try to go back to an old friend group or maybe an old habit. And maybe it just 
doesn't feel like it used to. It doesn't feel the same. And that's what's happening to Simon Peter. Have you caught any fish? No, they said. Verse six, then he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Again, ring a bell. When they very first met Jesus, he stood on the shore and said, cast out your net. And Simon Peter said, teacher, I have no issue with you, but I've been fishing all night. And I don't know if you know this, but I'm a fisherman. And Jesus said, cast out your net. And Peter did. And it was so full of fish that it nearly sank the boat. Happened again. Verse seven, then the disciple Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped down for work, jumped into the water and headed to shore. So here's Peter. He's now become an Olympic swimmer because he happens to see Jesus on the shore. What did the other guys do? Verse eight, the others stayed in the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore for they were only about a hundred yards from the shore. Not sure why Peter thought he could outswim the boat. Do you see him? He's just in the water and he's puffing and huffing and trying to get there first. And the guys are in the boat are like, you could hop back in if you'd like. We'll give you a ride. But Peter is making things harder than they need to be. He seems to have a little bit of a pattern of this. Verse nine, when they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Verse 10, Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. 11. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't broken. Verse 12. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. Such a beautiful invitation. However, hang on. Let's notice something about this. When they got there, let's go back to verse 9. They found breakfast waiting for them. Did Jesus need their fish or did he already have it handled? Seems to me that he had already cooked some fish for them. And yet he says, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. We're going to talk about this a little more tomorrow and the next day. Does Jesus need our good deeds? Do they help him to do things, do, to do kingdom work? Does he need our work or does he just ask us for our work. Because what does Jesus say in verse 10? Bring some of the fish you've caught. He wants to see what Simon brings to the table, even though he already has quite an invitation ready for him. Here's one thing I want you to think about before we meet again tomorrow. There were 153 large fish. What is the significant theological meaning of the 153 fish? Think about that. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Be well. Thanks so much for listening today. Please subscribe to this podcast. I'd hate for you to miss out on even one minute of courage. Then share it with all your friends. If you'd like more information or would like to contact me directly, go to 5minutesofcourage.com. That's the number five and you can connect with me there.